If your body doesn't feel safe, it's never going to lose weight. And until your body feels like, okay, I have food that's nutritional coming in regularly, then you get your body safe and then you can take it a little subcaloric, a little. Hey there, welcome to the Biohacker Babes podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Renee, a certified nutritional consultant with a master's degree in nutrition. What's up? And I'm Lauren, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner and Czech movement specialist. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. Our mission is to provide actionable steps so you can optimize your health, strengthen your intuition, and support your body's natural healing abilities. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 135 of the Biohacker Babes. I am Lauren, tuning in from Clarksville, Maryland, and I'm here with Renee. Say hello. Hello from Las Vegas, as always. <laughs> Las Vegas, I'm going to be there in two weeks, Biohacking Congress. Yes, I'm praying that this weather stays because it is like 72 and sunny every day this week. Praying it stays that way when you come in two weeks. Me too, because when I came last year in March, it was <gasps> cold and rainy and not typical <laughs> Vegas weather. So, yes, please we'll don't bring that back again. We don't know oh, that. It was my fault. Okay. <laughs> Isn't it always? <laughs> It'll be sunny. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Anyways, super excited to come to Vegas. And for those of you listening that are joining us either online or in person, we're super excited about the event and hope we can connect with all of you. So ooh, something to look forward to. Our year of conferences is kicking off. It'll be fun. Yeah. Okay. So today... We're talking to a good friend of ours, Kristen Weitzel. We're so excited to have her on. She is a babe, biohacker babe. I learned ice from her, cold plunging. That is her superpower, ice and breath, amongst many other things. She's an amazing women's health coach and has a, an amazing business platform. She has her own podcast. She is in this space with us and she is fighting for more community amongst women, which is amazing. So she is just such a pleasure to have personally as a friend, but also business-wise in this space. She's just such a force of nature. Yeah. I feel like she's really leading the way for all of us women in the biohacking space. I mean, she spoke at the Bulletproof Conference in September at Dave Asprey's event, which was like huge that she was on stage there. So awesome. And she was just on Luke Story's podcast. Like she's really paving the way so that we can all connect and really make our voice heard in the biohacking space. Like we are women and we are here to talk about biohacking. And she is just awesome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I just, I always learn so much every time I talk with her. I mean, I'm motivated to get back in the ice. Stay tuned for the part of the episode where she, Convinces yeah, me it's time. Yeah, yeah. But I always learn so much from her. She is just full of amazing, amazing knowledge and such an inspiration and super fun to hang out with. I just love her so much. She is a lot of fun. She brings joy mm-hmm. and we need more of that. So she just hosted yes. an amazing women's retreat in Austin. She moved to Austin in this last year, close to our good friend, Freddie. They're making magic together. And I think there's lots to come for the future of us and women and biohacking. So this is only the beginning. Let us tell you a little bit more about Kristen. She is a health and high performance maven, certified fitness trainer, breathwork instructor, and performance nutrition coach with a focus on guiding women to optimal health. She has a bias toward action, always speaking with intention and purpose. Her achievements as a brand strategist, entrepreneur, and global marketer for Fortune 500 brands have given her the ability to travel far and wide and continually discover how best to advocate for life balance and how what we do affects how we show up in the world. Wellpower, Kristen's podcast, blends subject matter expertise, inspiring guests, and Kristen's trademark wit and wisdom to lead clients and listeners alike. Her podcast allows Kristen to share with a broader audience just how far we can go in the pursuit of optimal performance. As a progressive voice, dynamic leader, and active biohacking proponent, she questions how far the human body can go and helps people to take it there. She certainly does coaching people through ice and breath and all the things. She's so awesome. So excited for you to meet her. Yes. Let's bring Kristen on. 
Kristen, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. We're finally all together, like the trio that we are always meant to be. Always meant to be. And I just have to say that I only have ice for you. Yes. (laughs) So we're so happy to have you on here. You are an honorary biohacker babe. You are a biohacker babe in your own right. You're an amazing coach, especially with women. That is your magic, your superpower. You just ran an amazing women's retreat in Austin, Texas, and hopefully you'll run many more. Hopefully we can do some together. You are my personal ice queen guru. (laughs) I hope so. All the ice. (laughs) You just have so much to offer our audience. And we're so excited to talk today. And I think we could go in a million different directions, but what inspires me the most about you is I think you're such a creative problem solver and you do a lot of work with women. So I love to kick it off and talk about some of the biggest challenges that women experience and how do you personally foresee ways to get them through limiting beliefs, um, obstacles, challenges, wherever you want to take that. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I imagine that you both see this a bit as well. Um, tends to be that around the time it's typically like 30 plus 30 to 55 years old when women are either struck with this notion of, Oh, there's aging is a thing. And, uh, I have to watch out about my body composition, right? It's quite often brought to me. Like I want to lose weight. I need to feel better in my clothes, but that's really about is, is recompositioning our bodies in a way that makes us feel confident and wonderful. And I think that we maintain a spark in the way that we walk into a room with other people. On the top, top end of that age range, I have women that are coming to me with cycle dysfunction, um, perimenopausal issues, or they're already in menopause and they're trying to figure out their bodies, maybe even for the first time. So the general piece of this that I have begun to learn from women and, and working with so many, and even in my own life is that, you know, the lessons I've learned myself are, are is around this, this topic I stand on a soapbox a lot about, which is we are equally as sensitive as we are powerful and that we don't quite pay attention in this, in the way that we should, or the way that we need to, in order to be balanced as females. And that builds a lot of back into societal norms that exist right now, which are shifting very quickly. Glass ceilings are being broken in the workplace, et cetera. And I think it also relates to how we look at ourselves in the mirror and the way that we speak to ourselves and the level of confidence that we bring um, and the level of, you know, the lack thereof judgment that I want women to bring into the world when it comes to other females, right? Because there's nothing like a group of women getting together that actually lean into each other and can help each other rise. Yeah. And I will say when we first met, it was a fabulous group of women in a house all together. It was almost like a sorority throwback or something, but <laughs> <laughs> including Sean Wells, we allowed him in the group, but yeah, He's just a babe. <laughs> he was a biohacker babe, but yeah, just sitting around and like really supporting each other. It was like the first, that was my first experience being with other women in the biohacking space where it didn't feel like a competition. We were really there to support each other and learn from each other. And Kristen, you kind of led the way on that. I mean, you helped plan the house. You have been such an inspiration in that world. So thank you for that. So where was I going with that question? Something you just said sparked off of my brain about menopause. I hear this so much from women. They say, I'm in menopause now. I'm doing all the diet and exercise stuff that I have always done. And it's not working anymore. What would be your advice? for that woman? I mean, I have a lot of advice around the, like, are you testing for things? Because even though we are through our, you know, I'd like to believe that we're all, you know, note to everyone who's listening right now, whatever segment of your life you're in, either reproductive years, perimenopausal, menopausal years, make sure you're testing your hormones, make sure you are now, you want a track record of that. But if it's the first time that we're just starting to test, even in menopausal years, I think it's important to test hormones. It's important to test cortisol. It's important to test toxicity um, amongst other things, you know, whatever is, is affordable to someone's um, wallet to be able to get some insight. I think that's always the first thing I want to know, because if we are blaming things on menopausal conditions, then that aren't menopausal, then we're going to be going down the wrong path to try to correct some of that, to course correct and find solutions. Not to say that there aren't um, shifts in emotionality and neurochemistry and um, physical um, you know, we, we lose the, we lose muscle a little bit faster as we age after menopausal years, sarcopenia sets in. And so that is a real thing. So there are things that can happen, but my number one piece of advice to women who come to me and say, it's just not cutting it anymore. It is to go out and lift heavier or lift heavy weights. And I don't, I know when I say that 
some women are like, okay, that I don't want to do that. And I want to remind everyone that lifting heavy is relative, but if you're at any age, if you're lifting only five pound pink dumbbells, you're not going to get the body composition, the bone density, the strength and the longevity outcomes that you want. Because I see this sometimes I keep, I've been looking now for like six months. There was an image I saw of a woman on a bench. She was like shredded, perfect matching outfit, like hair and makeup. Cool. Go to the gym as beautiful as you want. Put on your five minute face, do all the things, but like ripped to shreds, looking gorgeous on the end of a bench, leaning over little like dumbbell curl on one arm, pink five pound dumbbell. And I just want to, I want to find the photo again, because that is not how you get that's not how you make changes in your body composition. It's not a minimum effective dose of strength training that is overload, either maximum overload principle, which we could nerd out and talk about, but we're just not lifting things that are heavy. And I think that's two, there are two reasons for that. Maybe we never trained weights before, right? This is a good reason to get a coach or get on an online platform. Like one of the ones that Lauren is on and say, Hey, how can I start to do fitness with weights better? How can I learn biomechanical forms from someone who's a pro? And we just don't, we don't know maybe, or maybe it's intimidating. Right. And so if we have lifted weights, maybe we have a platform that's great. If we haven't, how do we lift, how do we lift heavy shit? And there's a number of ways to do it safely and effectively. You don't have to throw a barbell over your head and be like a CrossFitter, but we're not, we're not taking this calculated, smart, safe, albeit maybe risk to go and try to lift this new weight and gain some capacity. And we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. Instead, we're getting on a a bike. Now I love a spin class, but 14 spin classes in a week, cardio Peloton is just, it's crushing our souls and it's crushing our telomeres and it's not great for us. And so that, that's the thing that I sing a lot to the women who, who call me up and especially the women who work with me, they know that I'm like, we have at least a week where we're redesigning their programming. And I'm like, call it maximum effort because it's not about hundred pounds, 200 pounds, 400 pounds, Olympic weightlifting. It's about what's your maximum effort. Totally. It's so personal for everyone. And it's like laughing about you saying spinning, crushing souls. I find a lot of clients that come and they're like, but I, I love it so much. It lights me up. It's the endorphins. It's my community connection. That's where I have fun. And then we look at labs and like, well, this is not working for you under the surface. Like, how do we make amends here? How do we still have joy in our life while we're, we like make edits to your exercise routine to actually make it work for your physiology. And that is a really hard thing for people to reconcile. And yeah, yeah. I don't know why we still have this false programming about weights. I see it in, in my industry, you know, online platforms are really, really resistant to heavier weights. So I think we have to keep leading that charge. Yeah. I guess I'm curious, how, how are you doing that specifically with strength training? Are you taking people through workouts, reprogramming, and what happens, you know, what are the beginning stages of resistance? And then how long does that take to sort of change? Yeah. That? Yeah. This is a, this is like the question, right? Because let's be clear. It's like, let's just talk about any format that's online, but I'm, I'll use an example. It's like, you know, if it's, whether it's, it, it doesn't actually matter any format that's online. That's going to talk about weight training, right? Whether it's inside some app or not is going to layer in a certain amount of weights, but they're not going to necessarily take the liability on of saying, pick up a 50 pound dumbbell in each hand to do Romanian deadlifts because there's a liability there because they're not in the Huge. home with you and insurance and all of that. And I don't mm. want anyone to go at their first shot, pick up two 50 pound dumbbells and see what they can do with them. But the, when I'm working with people, I'm very, we, we do a lot of videos, like video snapshots back and forth to each other about biomechanics. Um, I have four or five people that I will recommend or four or five platforms, which I recommend that they can go online that I know and trust, you know, which I'm happy to talk about, but just people who I really trust in that space. And it also contextually depends on their goals. There's a lot of women who come to me who say, Hey, I want to, it's thighs and ass. Like I, I gotta want to get those in shape. I've been trying to spin. I've been trying to run, or I've been doing all the things that are cardio, but it's not, I'm not quite getting a shape that I want. I still have a pancake booty, whatever their words, not mine, you know, whatever the thing is like there's every woman who's listening to this right now, doesn't matter age or stage, size, shape, or color. You are gorgeous. You are winning the world and you are changing your communities by getting up every morning and acting in the way that you do into those communities and understanding and taking in and considering everybody's viewpoint, which is what we neurologically do more as women typically than biological males. You're crushing it. Walk out the door with your head held high. And if you want to make shape change in your body, which is totally allowed for you to want what you want for your body, then there's certain things that you have to do. And so I work within different programs, right? And I will just, I will shout out, um, there's a program that has a 
a marketing name that I don't love that's called Booty by Brett. And I do like Brett's work with women because he basically trains you safely through video and programming to lift heavy. And so there's a home version and there's an app. Take, take the sheet of paper to the gym version. Watch the little video of do it at the gym. I think people can also start by working with a personal trainer in person. Doesn't have to be forever. It could be 10 sessions saying, hey, show me how to do these things. And I will program for people as well if they have some level of um, knowledge in basic gym you know, like etiquette function, what the machines do. And I, I will write programming for them, but I'm just always cautious as well because we want to start with bio, biomechanical form and my online clients quite often are, I link them up with someone who's local. Yeah. I think getting that form down is, is overlooked. I mean, when I go to the gym, I mean, I'm sure we all see like the craziest stuff going on. And I think maybe because the three of us are dancers that came a little bit easier for us, like mm-hmm. things in the gym just feel natural. Like, why would you do it that way? That doesn't like, yeah. That can't feel good in your <laughs> it can't body. Feel good. Yeah, like yeah. isn't it? Isn't it the one I've showed with you? I want to just look at. Isn't it called Jim Hardos? It's not the one I've like shared with. I think I showed showed Lauren one time. It's like a really beautiful opportunity to see how people take equipment in the gym and do the opposite of what it's designed for. It's like an Instagram handle called oh. Jim Hardos, and it's just literally like people doing. I mean, it's it's it's. It is it's creative expression. It's, it's creative expression. Okay. It's not about making fun of people or maybe it is whatever. It's a humorous channel. Um, but it is, it's just, it shows you how many varieties of ways you can use these things both correctly and incorrectly. And, um, yeah. so that's important. And, you know, the other thing is finding safe, fun and effective tools. I'm in the middle of a, a protocol right now myself that, you know, it's a harder machine to get your hands on. It's like, it's called the ARX and, you get on it and it's a very safe setup of range of motion. You set up once and then you can go on to all the exercises you've set yourself up for safe range of motion and you can just do them. And it's intensely hard and it tends to be a little bit shorter than a regular workout, but it's giving you maximum eccentric loaded work. And so there, that's a thing. And that's just another layer of the thing, the rabbit hole that is strength training that we have to figure out the ways that we can do this kind of strength training efficiently and the more we have access to, let's say, call it biohacking tech or machines or people who can train us, train us how to do this safely, the better off we are. Because the last thing you want is an injury, right? Then you have to reroute everything you're doing to, to healing that injury. Yeah, yeah, so much harder to backtrack. I just think we need greater access to tech like this. Like, I feel like the three of us are super lucky that we are able to use these machines. The average Speak person. For yourself. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Okay. I have a sauna in my basement. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I get the ARX like twice a year when I go home. That's like my treat. Well, it's just with them teaching women how to eccentric lo- eccentrically load and what a negative is. And like, we don't, there's a, a level of autonomy yes. that we need to, we, we need to like, this is, there's Google and it, it's not always your friend, but understanding what a negative is, understanding eccentric load, understanding how that, that behooves us to utilize that more than weight training. There's a lot of books out there. There's a lot of trainers in the world and finding a good trainer. I'm sure any one of the three of us upon recommendation, like, or ask anyone in the audience could DM or ask the question and we could recommend someone who's a decent trainer in their area. And that's just like, here we are. Perfect example. Find the others. Who are the women who are doing the things that you want to do? Find them and ask them, right? This isn't, doesn't always have to be like an energetic exchange of finances, but it's time, energy, money. And most of us are on this wellness platform of the world trying to help others heal. We have programs that are paid programs, but we also have, I think, the passion to help other women get the recommendations that they need so they don't go down and make maybe mistakes that we made or just, you know, marketing pitfalls of like, we go to something because you're like, oh my God, collagen is going to make me look 10 years longer. I'm going to drink five gallons of collagen every day in my water. And it's like, cool, joints and bones will be happy, but mostly the rest of it isn't true. So those kinds of things, digging them up and discovering them, I think can be discovered from other women. I went this retreat I just did. This is a quick sidebar, but very relative. We had a Saturday night dinner that was this one of the five best meals I've had in my life that was cooked by Naisha Arrington, who is on Top Chef and who is now a host with Gordon Ramsay on Next Level Chef. And she's an incredible woman. She's breaking glass ceilings for Black females in the kitchen, running shit, amazing chef. And, and dear friend of mine, and she cooked this meal. And at the meal, after we, as we broke to go get dressed to have the dinner, I said, there's one assignment. We have no activities tonight except to chat and get to know each other, which women always want one night to do that. And there's one assignment that will take you five minutes. And that's every woman in the room who has her period needs to find a, a woman in the room who has stopped bleeding and is in menopause or has gone through perimenopause at the very least. 
And you need to have a five minute conversation about what that's about, what your period cycle feels like. If you have it right now, what are the challenges and what it feels like to go through perimenopause and menopause, because there's a ton of shame around it. There's not enough conversation and we're not asking. And maybe we didn't know to ask. So if uh, my small part in the world is to tell, you know, 15 women that are in reproductive years and 15 women that are perimenopausal or menopausal to cross that conversation over dinner. Like it's a women's dinner. No one's going to be weird about it. Let's have the conversation. What does that feel like? What happened? Why did no one tell you? What are hot flashes? You know, when should it happen? Or is it happening too early? Am I amenorrheic because I've been working out too hard and I'm having chronic cardio crush my hormones? Just those conversations happening, I think, it's just one example of the ways that we can communicate as women together and educate each other because none of us know everything, you know? Yeah, I think the group container is so powerful. So much can come up that will not come up in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. Bouncing off ideas, experiences, insights. I think that's really, really powerful. So what have you found in that container as far as food for performance or for hormones, for weight loss, any of the above? Uh I would like to say that I had a lot of women um, from the TV world come to me when I worked in California and they were like, I'm eating three rice crackers and four iceberg lettuce leaves a day. No! That's my diet. Um, <laughs> and that's no slight. That's no like California, you know, people are always dealing with the Hollywood image and all the things. And the biggest thing I see across the board, any state, any country, because I have people I work with all over the world, we're just not eating enough calorically. Typically, we're pretty subcaloric. Um, outside of the world of fasting, because fasting can be great, right? Maybe you're doing a three-day fast or something, which is fabulous in most cases. But um, but we're subcaloric and we're not eating enough protein. And that can be any protein source, right? I'm partial to animal meat that specifically works for my body or animal animal products that are like safely, sustainably farmed and raised. That was another big portion of my retreat was understanding that I was going to spend two or $3,000 more to feed everyone because I wanted it to be from, you know, polyface farm style. I used a place called KNC mm. cattle that is just free range everything. And, and we have to do that. We have to be eating well for our body. And if we're a vegetarian or vegan or whatever, our, our protein sources need to be clean. We need to understand the caloric load and we need to understand how to combine protein so that body can absorb really well. And it's just, you know, amino acids. I'm a big, you know, I know that, um, Renee, you do a lot with Keon and it's like, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big amino acid fan. I love their aminos and, um, whatever aminos you're having, like get some EAAs in your body that you can, um, cheat the system, right? This is a biohack for women. If you're hungry, if you have cravings, all of that, if you can't get your protein in it as easily, it's like get aminos in your water and get a protein shake in. There's not I want to say there's not one woman I'm working with currently, which is, this is probably true. If not, it's nine out of 10 that is not having a protein shake every single day to make their protein number. And it's just like an easier way to do it. And maybe we have it post gym, but maybe we feel like I want to skip a pint of ice cream tonight and, you know, try to keep my blood sugar regulated and have a chocolate, you know, protein shake for, for after dinner to to get that number, you know, depending on how they, how they feel or, or where they're cycling their food. So and would you say that like vegetarian, vegan, carnivore, like at, uh, the whole spectrum to do a protein shake? What I see is protein deficiency in a lot of people. You know, I know that it's debatable. I know that it's controversial, but I typically program people at like a 0.08 to one gram, one pound of body weight. So if you want to make it easier, it's almost one to one, one gram of protein for one pound of body weight. It's a lot of protein. Um, but no one gets hungry on my plan, right? And if they're, we make them subcaloric when we want them to lose, you know, if they're looking to lose body fat, then we can sub, we can take that those calories down. But here's the deal: if your body doesn't feel safe, it's never going to lose weight. If you're starving it, it's going to be stuck in a plateau. Or if you're overfeeding it, it's going to be stuck in a plateau, especially if it's like not with super healthy food. And until your body feels like, okay, I have food that's nutritional coming in regularly, which is, you know, many times women coming off of not eating enough then you get your body safe and then you can take it a little subcaloric, a little. And then you do all the other things around it that are right. Like we all talk about all the time, which is sleep well and move your body and get your steps in and create fitness variants, which is what you were talking about earlier, Lauren, in editing people's, I love that phrase. Like how do you edit your week of fitness to make sure it includes everything that your body needs? And that's a hard edit because there's some days I'm like doing the thing that I don't want to do, but I know I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that fear of the extra calories kind of lives in the same category as fear of the weights and safety is such a huge variable for any of, you know, the things we're trying to accomplish on the wellness journey. And, you know, the three of us in the biohacking space talk much about hormesis, hormetic stress, but 
that dial is so specific and so nuanced to you. Like how much stress, how much stress are you already experiencing? What is your stress bucket? What does that really look and look like in your body? And you're right. So many people are not getting enough protein and that's a huge stressor. Yeah. 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 So speaking of stress, I think the three of us tend to like, we push ourselves. Right. And we're always like finding that time to come back and recover and rest. But Kristen, what would be your advice for a woman that that's like us, that tends to go, go, go. Like we want to be powerful and strong and maybe keep up with the men, but we need a little bit more recovery and sleep. Like what would be your advice on that? Yeah. And that's a great question. And yes, you're right. I just got my cortisol scores back and I'm embarrassed to talk about them, but, um, the, you know, right this is what you. happens. Like this is what happens. And it's like, we, a test is a moment in time, right? That moment that your blood was pulled, et cetera, or urine or whatever. And it's a great barometer to track. And then also you can see if you're getting towards burnout, it's not going to help with an aging process. So I think we tend to be more sensitive as women needing 30 to 45 minutes more of sleep that we're more sensitive to anxiety and depression. And the best thing that including, I have to reverse engineer programs with like, I just brought on my first professional athlete and to reverse engineer her whole ideology to say you're only as fit as what you can recover from and add in an extra training day, even though that's the moniker and the banner and that, you know, you pry it from my bloody hands before you take away my extra training day. It's, it's a disservice to the body. It just is like it, it just, especially if, you know, if you're talking about working with someone who's doing MMA and there's also, you know, boxers and wrestlers and all these people, men and women, they have to lose weight to make a match to get paid. Like that's all correlated and, and, and interwoven. So you want the body to like lose weight for a match. You want it to behave in the way you want. The thing to do is to not have it so taxed and so cortisol expressed and so um, burnt out that it can't do what it's meant to do naturally. And so my advice is always, you know, I just, I just started building in, it's like make a date with yourself and make it the most important date you have in the day and don't break it. Like that's important. And at that date, I've been calling mine now higher self meeting, but um, what does your body need for recovery? Right. And like, I love an ice bath. Like I want to crush an ice bath four days out of seven, but even last night, a couple of guys were, I know were ice doing an ice bath three round challenge or whatever. And I was there and I was like, I have so much FOMO, but I know that my cortisol numbers came in high. I know that I'm doing one ice bath pre-training with ARX trying to work one in on a rest day, depending on how I feel. I've killed caffeine out of my life completely because I'm just really trying to, to baseline myself a bit calmer. And my higher self meeting during the course of the day is what, what can I do as a tool for recovery? Lay down and do a half an hour of breath work. Is it meditation? Is it journaling? My least favorite thing on the planet, probably the thing I need the most to like do a little journaling, get Me a little too. creativity. Um, is it take an Epsom salt bath? Is it read something from a, uh, you know, I like to read all the nerdy science stuff, but like reading books, the book of awakening or like a force versus allow, allow is my word for the year. I'm trying to surrender a bit to the, to the alpha masculinity that lives inside of me. That was very curated by my corporate career before this one. So it's a thing and we're, we're crushing it. Like even listen to my language. It's comes like, I wake up in the morning to Jocko Willink being like, get out of bed. Yeah. Go to the gym. But, and I love that. I love that stuff, but I also need to find some balance with the other things. And um, I see you guys too, all the time out like earthing, grounding. It's like when I skip it for a few days and then I actually go for a walk in the park, bare feet, barefooted. And I come home and I'm like, Oh, I feel like I surf nap or a little like relaxed or downregulated. Just, we forget the power of what it's like to put our feet in the earth and get sunshine on our skin and all of that is free. Hopefully it's sunny. If it's not, then put your booty in a cold river, but it's free. And so we got to do that stuff. It's, it's, it's a moral imperative that we do that in order to balance ourselves because we'll wake up the next day stronger and better for it and better able to communicate with our loved ones and our families. Yeah. Gosh, it's so personalized though. And I think what really bothers me is when people say, oh, I'm seeing this on Instagram, this person's doing this. And that means I have to do it. And we all know better. We all know like what's right for one is not right for another, but we're so conditioned. It's so like subconscious. So what are your, I guess, hacks or what's your guidance for developing that intuition and, and listening and, and feeling empowered by saying no, right? Like it's sexy and cool to do what everyone else is doing, to get into the three round ice bath, but how can you feel empowered to say, no, that's not what I need. This is what I need. And that is really sexy and cool right now. Yeah. I, I mean, my advice also is like the thing, this, this, this correlates directly back to the gym. It's like the machine or the weight or the move that we don't want to do is the one that we need the most. 
is the one we don't like because we're not good at, because we're not strong there. Right. For me, it's like lat work because I can't, my pull-ups game is not strong. Same. And so it's like lat work and I'm like, Oh, lat work. Okay. Whatever. I don't want to, I'm going to do all the other stuff. I love, I love a squat. I got strong legs and all like all day. Okay. Lat work. <laughs> and the same thing. It's like, I love an ice bath. There's almost no other woman on the planet. I would suffice to say that, or, you know, top 10 women on the planet that are crazy enough to be like, I would go in cold every day if I felt like it was good for my hormones. And I go in as much as I can. And yeah, it's like, I have to bite my lip last night when I'm like, Okay. And what do I do? I like get on the amp coil instead. And it's not that the amp coil isn't awesome. It's awesome. But you know what it gives me, it gives me down regulation and I don't down regulate as often as I should even sitting up and getting up and meditating and journaling in the morning. There's another period in the day that my body needs to down regulate. So my advice is like, think about the other courses of action you can take that actually will help you set yourself up for better sleep. Or like, could you meditate every day, 20 minutes for seven days and just make a note of if that made a difference. And I guarantee you it will. Like meditation changed my life. And I'm sure that at some point I thought that that would sound woo-woo, but it sitting in stillness is hard for me, not for everyone, for me. And yet it's something that I really need. It, it, is, the, it is the saying no to anything else in the 20 minutes that opens up the portal for so much more yes to come in. And that is so important. <laughs> Lying on the floor, I like installed red light bulbs in my house, not necessarily like you know, infrared light, but they're just bulbs. So like at night, the sun goes down, everything goes red in my house. My neighbors think I'm in the red light district and probably that I'm running a brothel, but whatever. It's like red lights to try to set the stage. It's a reminder for me. It's taking the lights down. It's putting on my, my blue blocking glasses. If I, if I want to, it's making me feel like I'm cycling myself with the day. I'm cycling myself maybe with my hormonal cycle or my period, depending on what time of the month it is, what I'm in follicular phase or luteal phase. And just really being in tune with that. And I also want to say at the same time, intuition is wildly important. Sometimes we say, I don't really, I just intuitively don't feel like I want to get in the ice bath today. And really that might be because we have a little like fear and intuitively it just felt right to like order a whole pizza hut, double stuff, whatever. I don't even know what they have there, but pizza. My body needed it today. My body just needed it. And I, I, you know, sometimes those things are real. Like I believe in the power of oxytocin and sharing love from someone who's cooked you a home cooked meal, no matter what that meal is. And if they put like love and sweat and tears into it, chances are you're getting some good chemistry from just sharing that with people and having joy and all of that. You know, I don't eat gluten, but if someone's grandma was like, I'm going to make you a lasagna, come over and and we'll have a whole lasagna party. Like if it's love, I'm going to do it probably. And Mm -hmm. That just like builds back to finding the right occasions. It doesn't mean, you know, you can't have a treat meal and you can't enjoy yourself. Part of the the thing I try to do with some of my protocols is we've been like normal eater lifestyle. Like I went out the other night and was like, I'm getting a pint of ice cream because I want to be able to prove that month over month, if I have two nights I go out drinking and one night I have a pint of ice cream, like someone who would generally do that it's still the protocol I'm doing will work. Not that I'm eating perfectly like a competitive athlete and then it works and everyone's like, well, you ate like a p- competitive athlete. So we, we use our intuition in good ways sometimes, but a lot of times it's a scapegoat. And I just like to put that out there. This is not a blame game. This is just something I like even learned from all the way back to the days of working with like Handel Group and Elena Brower, where they're like two people on your shoulder the whole entire time in our lives. We have a chicken and we have a brat. And so we have to check in and say, is this intuitively really what's going on? Or is there a little bit of fear, right? Is there this fear and the chicken, you know, we try to make it like a cartoon character to lighten the mood about it. But like, am I just having an innate fear that I don't need to have? All of us have done something like even in your first ice bath, when you get in it, you're like, Oh, you get out. You're like, Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Right. So the fear can, is something that we don't need to lean <laughs> Renee, into. <laughs> Renee's like still sucks. Still hated it. I, I thought well, it, was wor- it was worse. It was pretty not. aggressive. We should start with the ice barrel, Renee. Yeah, yeah, true. And then, then the- please convert <laughs> me, please. Yeah, more else goes rough. And then the other thing is the it's like the chicken or the brat, and the brat shows up more than the chicken. I I see, which is the brat is like the I don't wanna because I don't have to because I had a hard work day, so I'm gonna skip the gym and I don't need to get in the ice. I'm gonna have this whatever dinner and this watch this trash TV. No, like, and again, no judgment. You want to have, you want to watch trash TV and take a night off of working out or doing ice or whatever, then do it. But we let ourselves off the hook far too often. And there is a a balancing point between, you know, when when I work with a a pro athlete, there's like no adherence is never a thing. They're doing more than I even ask. 
And yeah. when I work with a, someone in a general population, you know, who's maybe just like me, that there it's hard to adhere and, and we need to kind of eliminate the hard and say, what's the adventure here? How can I lean into it? And that sounds like easier said than done. And that's why you get a coach. That's why you get a coach. So like in the first three months of my year long program or in my three month program, I text people every day and I'm like, what's going on today? How are you feeling? And some days like, yes, everyone's excited and proud to share. And some days people are like, oh, I'm fine. And I'm like, what's really going on? But this is just how we build habit and routine and um, make change. And again, this all builds back to community, right? If I knew if I was going to do a fast for a long period of time, but I was like, guys, I'm doing a seven-day fast. Lauren, Renee, can I call you, check in just every day, non-invasively just to say, hey, I'm here, it's going well, or I'm really hungry or whatever's coming up. You guys would be like on the other end going, cool. And if the day came on day four where I just didn't check in, maybe one of you would be like, uh, what's going on, Kristen? This is how we do in community, right? We adhere better in community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like the analogy about that because it it reminds me of like when you look at your aura readiness score, you know, we always say, you know, if your readiness score is 60, don't go to the gym, don't push yourself. But at the same time, that doesn't mean go out and party Saturday night, get a 60 and say, now I don't have to go to the gym today. So it's like, don't skip walking outside and sitting on the grass to get some, you know, grounding done and don't skip some of the basics of movement or I don't know, taking care of yourself. Self-care is something we don't do so well these days across the board. And the one other thing I just also like to always shout from the rooftops, which is like with women are in their reproductive years and they're worried about, you know, if they're wanting to lose body fat or they're wanting to recomposition their body, there still isn't, look, there are a lot of people working on it, including me, but there still isn't a great periodization schedule for strength and conditioning around your cycle. And we have the capacity to build all this muscle for 10 days a month, more than any other day. It's probably eight days a month, but everyone's cycle is different. So I always say 10 because it's a wacky window. Yeah. And what's the window for that? Yeah. It's around day six to day 16. So that's 10 days or probably it's like eight days in there, depending on how long your cycle is and when you have your, your estrogen spike happen. But just hundreds of studies since the eighties have given this, given this over to us, you know, and it's, it's, if I can be more efficient in less time, and if I can get the opportunity to take like two or three days off of the heavy training in the luteal phase before my period begins, because my body needs that. And that doesn't mean do nothing. It means get your steps, maybe a little steady state cardio, or maybe just some like stretching or I love mobility work that last week, Lauren has so much great mobility on her mm-hmm. platform. What's the name of that platform again, Lauren? Mix. Mixed Mix. fitness Mix on fitness. the open fit platform, actually. On open yeah, fit. I mean, I think that's such a fabulous recovery tool because I think you're talking about self-care. We're not good at self-care and people say, oh, I get today off, so I'm not going to move at all. I'm going to put my feet up on the couch, but really you should keep moving. It's just the intensity of the movement that needs to change. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like even isometric stuff. You don't have to actually be totally moving. You have to be pressing into something and yeah. you can yeah. really gain range of motion and give the body a little bit of... Um, just a little bit of like load in a way that it starts to feel again, safe enough to be able to increase your range of motion capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, biohackers, Renee here. Our friends over at Transcriptions, the ones who make one of our favorite nootropics called blue canatine, also famous for all those blue tongue photos we post. They have actually come out with a new product to help reduce anxiety and stress and optimize sleep called TroCalm. We had Dr. Scott Scherer from Transcriptions on the podcast back in October, episode 114, if you want to go back and check it out, where he shared the science behind each ingredient that went into this formula. The blend of kava, CBG, CBD, and GABA provides a powerful punch to help you relax. It's pretty cool because you can start with just a quarter trochee during the day to ease some anxiety, or you can even take a full trochee before bed for a great night of sleep. I personally love taking it before bed. I sleep like a baby when I do that. So if you or anyone you know struggles with chronic stress, any anxiety or trouble sleeping, head over to transcriptions.com and check it out. We will put the link for their website in today's show notes so it's easy for you to find. And don't forget to use code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 10%. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, What about ice baths with your cycle? Are there better days to do it, not do it? It's like a big question I get asked and it's really interesting. There is a big piece of intuition around that. Um, I, when I'm like right pre period and during my period, I love to get in an ice bath. I don't have a lot of, I've worked really hard to balance my hormones best I can. And I don't have a lot of PMS symptoms. I don't have, I have a little more hunger and cravings. That's about it. 
But during my period, I feel a little want want. And because of the the chemist, like the, the brain chemistry boost you get, norepinephrine, dopamine, you know, when you get out and you have like oxytocin hit and this parasympathetic rebound, it just makes me feel a little more even and a lot more positive. And so I like to do it during my period, but I definitely do community sessions here where women will come and say, I want to breathe and I want to watch, but I don't want to do the ice because, you know, I have my period. And, and in some Ayurvedic culture, philosophy, et cetera, like they say, don't get cold like that. But I've yet to see anything in the research that, that feels detrimental or a bad time. Like do not absolutely do this during this day or week of your cycle. Although I bet there is some contraindications for some women, some, some, some issues. And of course, for the general population, just ice baths are bomb. They're amazing for you. There's so many longevity benefits. It's a shape shifter, meaning it's a way to recomp the body. I, I could not be more in love with, with a tool than I am with the ice baths, but you know, if you have a pacemaker, if you have really bad diabetes, like obviously you want to go to your doctor and just ask those questions first to make sure it's safe for you to get in into the ice. But yeah, I get asked that question a lot. I run an instructor training for cold and heat, uh, cold and breath. And um, we talk a little bit about sauna and performance training as well. But in that training, I don't, I have a little bit of research. It's just, it's not the challenge with cold is this, the research is so widespread. It looks like, you know, Soderbergh will say it looks like 11 minutes a week. I think it's more optimal sub 40, but then like six minutes a day kind of seems good in the research, but it's just a lot of it's on men. Uh, a lot of it is, is widespread in like, if it's a flowing river or it's ice cubes or it's, you know, just different conditions and not big enough sample sizes in some cases. And I wish we had more research on, on women. I, I do say for women, the one important thing is I don't believe that it's, it's a good idea for women to ice plunge every day. I think that there can be some, especially if you start with hormone dysregulation, there can be some more disruption in that, in your hormonal patterns. I am, I have a lot of anecdotal evidence for that. I put over 2000 people in the ice. I've uh, done multiple days in a row, 34, 35 days in a row, probably is my most just to sort of explore it in my own system and kind of screwed up my hormones. And again, it's an end of one, but if the thing is that we could go four days a week and get a benefit and seven days might crush us in some other way, like why would we not, why would we not just try to stay in a minimum effective dose and that range versus take the risk, especially if we're, if we're, if you're showing up amenorrheic, if you're showing up perimenopausally, if you're showing up in a way that feels like your hormones are already dysregulated, I think ice can still be good, just not every day. Yeah. Would you argue for more consistency though? Aren't we seeing in the research that the body likes consistency with cold exposure, but maybe yeah. like the volume, the time in the ice is. Yeah. What's up Instagram. Down. I'm going to go get an ice bath once as I can do my Insta profile. Right. Right. Your body's like already forgot about it. Look, there's a benefit. Like, is there a benefit going one time? There's a fractional benefit. It's fine. And also like, this is like anything in life, simple consistencies create and build amazing habits and routines that can change the face of our longevity. And if we don't apply ourselves to sweetly understand our minimum effective dose and layer those things in. And again, I think this applies to cold. I think it applies to strength training that like you go to the gym once. So you're getting a benefit fractionally, but if you go and you strength train uh, two to three times a week, different body parts, you will get a different result. So let's do those things. Let's do those things that feel consistent and let's in between give our body the rest and the aminos or the protein that it needs in order to recover. Because yet again, we are only as fit as what we can recover from. Same ice, same. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Renee. Selfish question. I still wonder why I hate the ice so much. Is it that my adrenals are like more fragile? Like I tend to like lean into burnout really quickly and my body is saying, please don't do it. It's too stressful. Or am I straight up just like a baby and I need to get over it? Like, I don't, where do you, how do you figure that out? <laughs> I think you lived at the North Pole in a past life and you just don't, <laughs> don't want to. I mean, let, the two of you are, are in good physical shape, but you're also lean women. Like whether, I don't know if people have seen your fabulous picture all over the internets, but you are lean. Yeah. You, I mean, low body I mean, fat. I don't have a lot so, to keep me warm. So there is a little bit of that. Um, I'd like to suggest that like, what would it be like for you to wipe that slate clean, like a spotless mind moment and say, what would it be like for me to like really lean into the adventure of cold? And that's a hard thing to do, but it's a mental shift. And I, I, you know, the really brief story for me is that I've, I've been in cold for, for years and years, not really understanding how to do it. When I was younger, I was in like Russian and Turkish bathhouses and the Korean spas and being like, Oh, I'm in the 
cold for like 10 to 15 seconds. I have to get out now. Oh my gosh. You know, like all silly sort of even like from 18 on until, you know, five or six years ago, where I really started to understand the ice. And for me, I, it was like an alpha moment that created what I think the reason I, I like ice and I like the cold and I am good at it if there's such a thing. And that was that I was doing an XPT training. XPT gave me a lot of insight on cold exposure when it came to really tactically understanding how to coach it and how to do it well. But I had just been day one, we did all this underwater weightlifting. So they have a lot of athletes showing up, Laird Hamilton, Gabby Reese training. I'm definitely like one of the lesser athletic, meaning non-professional athletes in the space when it comes to swimming. I'm doing all these weights in the pool. It's super challenging. I'm like, there's a master diver underwater because you're going down 11 feet with 40, 50 pound weights and you're trying to push up and also manage your breath is a big lesson of it. Um, my, my panic brain, even though I have a dry land breath hold time, that's decent. My, I get in water and it's like, all goes to wait, it all goes to pot. It's like, okay, I'm in a panic. My brain takes over. So I was like, I came up on the last pull of the weights to the top of the surface. And like, I, I was like, thank goodness it's a pool. No one can see I'm crying. <laughs> and I felt really just like, I felt, you know, look, I wanted to be successful. I did the best I could. I learned so much. I learned how to utilize my breath better. It's an amazing training. It was totally safe. Like I said, divers, Gab, Gabby and Laird run an amazing program with XPT. But I came up from the pool and was like, the, I left day one kind of being like, oof, wasn't so good at that. But I knew the next very next thing we were doing is that we were going to do ice baths. And I made a commitment to myself in that moment because all of these, it was heavily male, male dominated there, that, that training, but all these guys and a couple of these female athletes, I was like the next, when we had ice and we do this ice and sauna and whatever, when we get to ice, which all the people are talking about, I'm going first and I am going to make myself look like a Zen master in there. I don't care what's going on internally. Right. Which is also like a muscling it, muscle through it attitude, but I didn't really know. And I was like, Okay. So I'm going to stand on the side of the ice. And what I say to clients all the time is like, you get to decide how the ice is going to go. Anticipation of the ice is worse than the ice itself. Stand on the side, put your hands on your hips, get in the water with no hesitation and no expectation. Step, step into the cold. That's what I always say. It's part of my training. And I did that. I got in, like, they were basically like, who wants to go? And I was already like stripped down bathing suit, standing at the edge, about to go in. Mark, the constructor there was like, okay, I guess Kristen's going first. And I got in (laughs) and I did three minutes without I saw the man, every one of the guys around the thing, seeing me go in and being so chill, so zen, so calm. I saw their faces go from being like, oh, this woman's going to do it like this. I have to do it like this now because I, I wanted, and again, I'm going back to the, the philosophy of alpha because I was like, I need to prove myself, right? Which isn't true. Like that's just an ego thing, but it helped me set myself up for this lesson, which was I decided I was going to be epic at ice baths. Mm. And so this is a, this directly points to what our mental mindset is when we go into things. And I don't, I can't erase from your mind how you feel. I don't know your physiology. I haven't seen all your lab work. And yes, your body is probably a little more sensitive because you can hit burnout more easily, or if you have adrenal challenges, all of that. And what would it be like if you were like, I see Lauren do this. I see Kristen do this. I'm going to be better than those girls. I'm going to be great. Or it's not even a competition, right? I'm just going to be in a space where I am good at this, what I decipher is good. And is there a feasibility to get there? And I think the biggest answer is when we reverse engineer the nervous system using our breath, really using our breath, then we have capacity for greatness. And we have easily have capacity to sit in cold water for three minutes under 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. The self-talk is so powerful. Yeah. It reminds me of like every time I say, Oh, I'm not good at this. I'm like, well, I've just solidified that over and over again. <laughs> I used to I pass out on the, narrative. I used to pass out on the questions when I'd go to give blood. Like that is not, that's not a that's not a physical, it's a physical response, but it's not a physiological, oh, I got stuck with a needle response. Like I actually my body responded negatively. It's like that is a mindset thing completely, right? And yeah. so it's a silly example, but it's, it's, it's totally what it is. No. It's the same thing as you approach a barbell. You decide how the lift is going to go. I wish I had this video on Instagram. You decide how a lift is going to go 10 feet away when you walk up and approach the barbell and step at it. When you, if you saunter around and you're nervous and you're like, damn, uh, you can see when you have a, like a pro athlete or someone who's like in the CrossFit games or whatever, they're like five or seven feet away from that barbell. Inhale, exhale, walk up, stand strong. Then they like approach the bar well, then, then they pull the lift. And you can tell if you watch over and over again, these different approaches when, and I watch a lot of women that are in CrossFit games, but you can see the way they approach and why the lift goes well. And it's totally. just yeah, one more I think thing. Dance is the same thing, 
totally standing in the wings thinking, am I, am I going to land that whatever doing fuertes or triple, whatever, mm-hmm. or you're standing in the wing, you close your eyes and you picture yourself hitting it and landing it and nailing it. You go on stage and that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Like you yeah. can write about it. You can visualize that. There's so much to that piece that we, we haven't, I'm sure we'll discover more sort of science and energy and, you know, uh, quantum fields and things around that, but it's, it's yeah. mindset is so much of this, of this life that we live. Right. Yeah. That's what walks, I walk out, I have a, like a color form <laughs> dating myself, a color form sticker on the wall over my bathroom. When I walk out in the morning that says you are fucking magic. And it's like, not about my ego. It's not about, it's just reminding me if I just looked in the mirror, whatever I may or may not have said to myself to get myself going and walk out the door that I'm, I'm helping people and I'm doing my very best in the world. And it doesn't all, all the self-talk that could go negatively is not the stuff that, that is important. The things that are important is that I am walking out, understanding that I'm doing, I'm giving my very best version of myself to the world. And that's all Mm -hmm. we can do. And that makes every one of us, you know, effing, it says effing magic, you know, cause it doesn't want to curse though. <laughs> but mindset, like, and like that, I don't know. I feel sensitive to say that to you, Renee, cause I know you well enough to be like, I love you. You're great. You should do what you want. And also if you were uh, like, if you and I were working together in a super professional sense, I would be like, no, it's all in your head. That's what I would say. <laughs> but yeah. I would never say yeah. what you said is, which is like, you're a baby. You're not a baby. You're a grown ass woman. That's doing amazing things in the world. So mm-hmm. I bet you, you could get an ice for three minutes and just be like a Zen master. You know, oh, right. she absolutely could do it. I so, know. I think, I think I've told myself that too many times. I totally am with you. Yeah. We just have to rework that, that yeah. self-talk. So it sounds like mindset before the approach is so huge, but what happens when we actually get in the ice? What does the ice teach us from that moment on once we've decided to be in it? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is surrender. I mean, you don't see this always because um, there are a lot of different styles of people breathing and going into the ice and deciding to do their own journey. And all of them are fine. All of them are great experiments and cold breath, et cetera. Um, but I think surrender is the biggest thing. It's the, you know, I love Joe Rogan and I, but I will always use him as an example when he gets into the cold and he does a minute and then he gets out and then you know what happens behind the scenes, right? It's like Jocko and then like Goggins are all calling him like, you suck. You got to do longer than a minute, whatever. you like, you're a wuss, whatever they say to him. Yeah. So one and minute to 20 minutes, I'm there's sure nothing like, in yeah. between. <laughs> and then the next two days later, it's like 20 minutes and he's, yeah. and the whole thing is live and I love him. And also he's a platform of millions of people. And for what I want for those millions of people is to not feel intimidated by the ice because I'm, I'm wanting people to get more cold exposure and feel comfortable with it. But he does 20 minutes until he's like maximum shiver load and not, not in a safe way. And that is no longer minimum effective dose, which is what we're shooting for individually. It is maximum. It's like point of diminishing returns, right? So, so I understand he was proving a point, but yes, not, not safe and not. I also say, Hey, Joe Rogan, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I'm so ready to do a challenge and I will stay in the ice longer than you. (laughs) No problem. No, but it's not. Hey, I hope he's listening to our podcast. (laughs) Who knows? We should be. Um, more women on that show, although he has Rhonda Patrick on a lot. I love her. Um, but yeah, like I just, you know, it's, I can gamify it, have fun with it once, you know, fail, cool, you know, just don't kill yourself, but just, you know, have an issue or go too hot. I have to go too long sometimes to figure out where the, where the breaking point is. I just did like a seven and a half minute cold plunge before my last ARX training, because I'm trying to figure out what the appropriate 10 women, 10 minutes of rewarming before I start training. I ice before I train. Interesting point, right? Mm. Will that work? Remains to be seen. Is there some science? Yes. Is there a ton of science? No, no. Um, N of one. It's N of one. It's a lot of N of one. It's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about testosterone boosting and HGH, all those things can happen, but is it going to affect the training positively? We'll see for me the, but I go on the ice and then it's like seven and a half minutes. And I'm like, Oh, it should have been probably six and a half, like a little too cold belly of my muscle probably isn't fully warmed up. I'm getting on the machine. I have to wait 12 minutes rewarming. Like all this is nerd talk, but we have to find what really works for us. And we have to, when we get in the cold, we can have those experiences and we can do the thing that I think is important, which is not muscle our way through, but have a moment of surrender. And to anyone who's listening, who's thinking about doing a cold shower or an ice bath or filling their bathtub with ice from the 99 cent store or twice the ice here in Austin vending machines, <laughs> all of that. Is to say, <laughs> can we sing our jingle? <laughs> our jingle. Um, all of us can 
do, we have capacity to do this cold plunge. And when you get in, it takes 30, as long as 90 seconds sometimes, but typically 30 to 60 seconds for the turnover to happen. And so if you get out in those first 15 to 30 seconds or your body is going to have a sympathetic response, it will, because you're getting in cold. No joke. This is what cold feels like. It's going to have a sympathetic response. It's going to have a moment of fight or flight. We begin to reverse engineer with the breath, nasal breathing, longest exhales of your day, staying in the cold and knowing that 30 to seconds, 30 to 60 seconds in, you will have this thing that I will keep calling the turnover until someone credits me with the phrase. The turnover is a beautiful thing. You can see it happen when you've watched enough bodies. It's a physiological shift. It is a mental capacity shift. And it is the actual going from seeing a body like this, the whites of the eyes get a little clearer and you settle. And I will have women that are like, I have to get out. I have to get out. I have to get out. I feel like I could do this for like five minutes. Like they will go in a split second. And it's just about understanding that the body has capacity and that you need to get through the real physical shift, which is especially up to your neck. You slow your heart rate faster, all of those things. So get your body in up to your neck, 30 to 60 seconds, and you'll have a turnover. It will actually become a little easier. Believe it or not, no one believes me until they get there. And it becomes a little easier to settle in and surrender. And in the surrender, we learn the lesson because as it goes in the ice, it goes in life, right? Where you give up, notice that, get in the cold and go, where's the moment that I give up? Where's my headspace gone? Is it negative talk? Is it fear? Is it panic? Is it, I don't want to do this anymore. Is it, I know this is good for me. Like, is it about tenacity? What, where does your body give up, right? Where's the hard kick in that you want to get out or stop. And I bet you that there's a parallel to that in life. Like I will do, when I do community sessions and people get out of the cold every so often, it will come up men or women. I will say, Hey, I may have a conversation with them one-on-one for two minutes after the ice to just say, Hey, um, this happened recently with one woman. I specifically said, there's so much more you have to give. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, there's so much more you have to give the world. And you're masking some of it. You're like holding back. And I can see that. I can see that because what I'm, what I see in a person is I see them apply a dose of stress and then their behavior as response to it. And so in any heightened condition, that is how a person will probably respond. Most likely, right? This is a microcosm of a larger reality. And I'm not here to be like a tarot card reader or to read people. I have no like psychoanalytical background, but I can see how people, where they give up and how they shift and how they manage themselves in the ice is how they manage themselves in some parts of life. And I consider it part of my job to empower people to understand what they can learn from the cold. And so men or women or whoever shows up, I like to remind them what their thing is, like what I see. And I always say, take what you want, leave the rest. But I'm telling you, there's moments that I'm, I'm, I'm right. Because I know, <laughs> but, and it's just about, especially with women, like I, you can see how someone walks into the space from the door in to the ice, to the managing it. Um, I've had a couple on the ice recently. And I was like, I can totally see why you guys work as a couple because your behaviors in the ice are totally opposite. Like you can see where the strengths are of one and where the strengths are of the other. And it's not better. That's really cool. They click. And I'm like, oh, he drives the car. You do the cooking, whatever. I don't know, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, and they're like, oh my God, how can you see all that? I'm like, because I watched how you responded, right? Who's the extrovert? Who's the introvert? Or, or you know, more so. So it's cool. so fascinating. It's cool yeah. to discover people that way. And, and you know, that's not the I've, point, but. No, but that's such a great reflection on, on life. And I've experienced that. I, I think just to confirm, like I've experienced the turnover with you. I've experienced like, okay, hard for 30 seconds. And then yes, it really does get easier. And then that's the resiliency. You're like, I can do hard things. I've also yeah. experienced not having the turnover where the whole thing just sucks. Like you and Freddie holding my hand through four minutes of just tears really hard, but also that opportunity to just stay in something that feels really uncomfortable also builds resilience. For sure. Like, for we sure. don't always I, have to I back remember. away from, from the, the shit, the uncomfortable. Totally. And I just, remember that. you brought yourself up as an example. I remember the day that we did that and there was like some stressful stuff going on in your personal professional world. And right. It's like not a surprise to me that you, the day before you got in the ice, like master queen of no the problem. ice, you know, <laughs> and then you're just in it and you're like, oh, you're singing. And the next day yeah. it's like, oh, my allostatic load is too high. Maybe, and maybe it's like, don't get in. And then also sometimes it's like, I'm really stressed and I get in the ice because it gives me a parasympathetic rebound, helps me calm my state. But we have to get in tune with our bodies individually to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, it's great to do with friends, right? Because when friends are there, you're like, oh, I can get through it. I can process. Totally. Uh, 
sometimes the ice helps us process traumas too, you know? And so there's an integration point conversation points and who knows, you know, wherever you were in your cycle, if you're coming off and going and, and leaning, like if your body's starting to lean into the time when we uptake oxygen less well, there's that whole thing, then we can feel more pain sensitive. And that includes cold temperature sensitivity. So for sure. We yeah, are divine so much nuance there. <laughs> so much nuance, but again, that's why we work with coaches and experts such as yourself. So work yeah. with a coach and find yeah. your community. Truly are the ice queen. Okay, Kristen, I know we got to wrap things up, but I can you give like a 30 second elevator pitch about red light? Because I feel like you also are such an expert <laughs> yes. on red light. Like yeah. who I, why, love, I, mean, how. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Who, why, how, I think um, the good news about red light, I have a, a, a research file that's got thousands of articles on like humans and rats. And since the dawn of time, since the fifties, we've been using red light, even basically as the sun, we used to wheel patients out into the sun so that they could actually get healed faster. And then we said, <laughs> pharmaceuticals, we don't have to do the work of wheeling them outside anymore. But red light, super important. I think it's great um, if we're talking about like, hey, don't need an advice, just really setting our circadian rhythm, setting up our melatonin production by getting early morning red light from the sun, the right wavelengths. I think that we can biohack that by using red light. I have phenomenal success with skin tone, skin, acne, et cetera, and women who are using red light devices. I have a mini panel. I have all these things. Um, And my favorite red light device is this FlexBeam device, which is portable, targeted red light therapy. I can strap it on my body. It comes with like all these different kinds of straps and I use it for two main areas. Number one, to potentiate a workout so I can put it on any parts for recovery, of course, but I like to do it before, like I'll do it on each shoulder 10 minutes before I'm doing an upper body workout, um, potentiates the muscle. There's some good research on what happens with the, the, you know, your cells are thriving and they're ready to train and you're, you're warming up your body in, in a better way than just warming up. And then the other way I use it is in a downregulation sense, right? Which is I strap it around my ribs or I lay it on my upper chest at night. I've learned to turn off the beep so that I can like, it's on a 10 minute timer and I can like easefully settle in to sleep at night. And that's just, it's a little warm. It's really beautiful for, you know, whatever I'm working on, if I'm expanding my rib cage tactile, or if I'm just using it to calm my system. And, uh, yeah, like there's just, I think a lot of people are like, I don't understand what red light's doing because it's just a light, but the wavelengths of light are so beneficial to us on a cellular level. And then when you see all these marketing things and it says 42 benefits of red light therapy, it seems like that can't be true. But when you boost your cellular health, because our body is a battery and you charge those batteries with red light and your cells are working better then everything starts to have a cascade effect and you, and you hit so many other positive pieces of healing. So I think that's like a really, you know, if someone's going to spend some money on something, getting either a flex beam or getting a panel or getting something that is red light targeted is a really beautiful spend because everyone in your house can use it, you know, mm-hmm. everyone can benefit from it. And I know you guys are red light fans as well. I think it's a, a low hanging fruit at this point with the amount of research that there is on benefits. As long totally. as it's from like a relatively reputable company and it's not like literally a red light bulb that you bought for a dollar at the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> Just yes. painted on red. Just to clarify <laughs> that the red light bulb is like, it's less like, I mean, if it's a heat bulb, you get some sweat on, but I don't, yeah, sure. we want to make sure it's like reputable diodes that have the right wavelengths of light. And yeah, like, you know, yeah. do, do your research, please. Yeah. Do your research. I'm sure yeah. between your handle biohacker babes and all the warrior woman mode stuff, like we have enough recommendations for red light to, you know, to get everybody. Totally. Well, our audience is very <laughs> familiar with light path and you know, we love Scott and he says like yeah, red yeah. light does one thing and one thing really well. It's like mitochondria health, which is everything. Just like everything. you said, yeah. um, our audience doesn't know as much about flex beam. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we'll add some resources for flex yeah. beam. I have yeah. both. I love both different applications, right? I don't always get time to like yeah. lay the panel and, um, mm-hmm. I'm on the go a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Like thank you for sharing. Yeah. All right, Kristen, one more question. If you could share with our audience one piece of advice that they could start doing today, something to optimize health, wellness, mindset, anything that comes to mind that feels really, really powerful for you that they could start doing today. Yeah. There's only one answer to this question and that is breathing better. And if I want to explain what that means and the answer, that's just spending 90% of your day breathing through your nose, inhaling through the nose, exhaling through the nose, keeping your lips gently touched together. Because the more we breathe through our nose, the better we oxygenate our tissues and filter the air and temp the air and all of that. And 
So learning how to use your breath, which is free and really easy to navigate, uh, gets overlooked because we're all breathing all the time. So breathing better and down-regulating. And I, I also just want to say about breath that you would be amazed when you really apply yourself in like a three to five minute session of, let's just say two X breathing. That's the best example. So whatever count you have in your head, doesn't have to be to a clock, four seconds in, you double it on the exhale, eight seconds out, nasal in, nasal out, two X breathing, four in, eight out, two in, four out, five in, 10 out, whatever you want. But with a focused effort on that and like long, easy exhales, you can shift not only your nervous system state, but really your mindset. Like if you're having anxiety, if you're feeling panic, if you're feeling total overwhelm, anything that's coming up in the world that we live in today, you can really shift your mindset, your attitude and your body state of being. And I think that that's, it's just the most beautiful tool and it's, we're not, we're still not talking about it enough. Yeah. I love that advice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So where can everyone find you? Tell the people. People can find me at warriorwomanmode.com and on Instagram, I'm warriorwomanmode. I have a podcast that's called Wellpower. It's a slew of episodes are about to drop. It's insane. Um, it's been, I've taken a bit of a pause from it, but it's, it's coming back with full force. And um, yeah, all my stuff, my breath and ice cold coaching is under the umbrella of Sherpa. Uh, so it's a Sherpa breath and old cold certification. That's all on the warriorwomanmode.com. So everybody can find it. Easily. And mostly follow me on Instagram because you get a lot of ice bath pictures and then Renee and Lauren show up. And if you're listening to this right now, the other thing I want you to do is slip on over to the iTunes store and leave a five-star review for these women because they are changing the world. Biohacker Thank made. you. Thank you, friends. Thank true. You. Leave a review we and don't just you. leave love five so stars. Much. Say something that's like, say something. We want to hear from you. <laughs> oh, Thank gosh. We so appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. And then do the same. Leave a review for us and then go check out Warrior Women Mode. You're amazing, doing amazing things in the world. We're so grateful for you, your friendship and your work. So same, same. And we can't wait to hang out today. Yes. See you soon. Like two weeks. Two weeks. Biohacking Congress. We will see hopefully everyone there. In Vegas, maybe. (laughs) In Vegas. Yes. Yes. If you're listening, come hug all of us. All right, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional.